Hi, this is Mary H.K. Choi, and you're listening to Hey, Cool Job, a podcast about jobs. Today's guest is Casey Johnston, tech writer for The New Yorker, The New York Times, New York, and the senior editor of review sites The Wirecutter and Sweet Home. She's also the writer behind Ask a Swole Woman, a column on weightlifting. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Cool. So the Wirecutter and Sweet Home, they are review sites, as I said, but what makes them special? Um, We really try and focus on our sort of motto is like finding the best stuff for the most people. That's always like how we think about finding good things. It's like what vacuum cleaner can we find that will satisfy the most people? And we want to like find one thing we don't want to give people a list of like the 17 best vacuums and then like not tell you anything about them except like the name and the price we want to like figure out what makes a good vacuum for most people and then narrow it down to one thing so it's basically like the highlander there can be only one (laughs) can be only one (laughs) vacuum whatever and so what does that sort of elimination process look like say you're looking for the best sunscreen like how long is that process and like yeah, how how arduous and vigorous is that? Um, it's pretty intense. Like I know, uh, for instance, uh, Brian Lamb, who started the wire cutter, uh, attempted and failed to do a guide to sunscreen because he just like sunscreen's a complicated thing. A lot of like a lot of chemicals, a lot going on in there that like blocks the the rays, and it's like how do you test it? This and that, and you just have to you have to like really focus up and be like, what is it that people need to know in order to use this thing? Do they really need, for instance, for us to test sunscreen? Is that, can we really add value there by like wearing 15 different sunscreens into the sun? Or should everyone just like get a sunscreen that we know is high quality and use it as much as possible, (laughs) as much as, as much as they can tolerate putting it on, like put on as much as you can. So it's like, it's a lot of it is like developing a theory of a good product and then sort of approaching the product field with that in mind. And that really like a lot, a lot of stuff just like falls away at that point. And then you're left with a few things you can test for different stuff. Like sunscreen is like how it smells sort of matters. That's like a very upfront thing that you can say, this smells like glue very strongly bad. Um, and just kind of narrow it down from there. And it actually becomes like pretty easy as long as you can do those first couple steps. And how long does something like that take? Good question. Um, for Ballpark, some, yeah. For some guides, some guides you can, um, I, I say guide, guide is like our word for like the piece that <laughs> that yeah. would, would tell you the best sunscreen. Um, some take only a few weeks. Um, at this point, I think we have... Probably six or so months of a writer's time into uh, sunscreen, the sunscreen guide. It's like the the first one, I think she put in maybe 40, 50 hours into like researching it and figuring everything out. Um, And then like every year we update stuff. So like that's another 
10, 15 hours that we add on top every time we have to like go out and look for more sunscreens. So, so it's to the point where that writer just despises everything about the category once <laughs> no, they're done. No, <laughs> she loves it. Okay. She's, she's, I, this writer is so great. Shannon Palace, I love her. She's very enthusiastic. She loves like um, sort of mastering categories. So she, she loves talking about it. She'll like keep going on it for um, like people will tweet at us with questions about sunscreen or like comment and she loves answering them. So it's like, I think that's like, that just speaks to like the particular kind of person who likes right. doing this kind of work is like not somebody who will be sick of it. They'll be like, okay, I am like the master of this domain now and I can answer anything. Well, actually, yeah, that was a question of mine. Like, do you like this kind of work? Cause it would have to be so like severely painfully in your wheelhouse for you to be able to do this, like as a vocation. Yeah. I mean, I, I've covered a lot of different things. I think what really drives me in this is a sort of hatred of marketing language that is around a lot of different products. Um, sunscreen, for instance, or like makeup or, I don't know, beauty products like a hairdryer. Um, <laughs> mainly I want to like break through all of the language that's around them and be like, okay, what really is a hairdryer? Like tourmaline and like airspeed and all of that like ceramic like is all of that meaningful and it turns out like not so I love like solving that mystery but then I also just sort of I love reaching a point of clarity about like what it is that people want from something and then connecting that to like an actual thing that they can own it's like a zen mastery yes yeah you do really get to one point where you're like hair dryer nirvana yeah totally and so a lot of that has to do with defining what best means Mm -hmm. and being super rigorous about that and so sort of building that gameplay like when we say best this is what we mean and sort of breaking it down right totally there's like um there's definitely a sort of critical thinking skill that goes along with that like um I think where our guides can get very in the weeds is when someone doesn't first have a good idea of like how they're defining the audience that that is for this guide, which should be as big an audience as you can be, but it should also not be any bigger than you can say something meaningful about the product. So like if you're trying to pick a best fitness tracker for like all of these different needs, like someone who swims a mile every morning and someone who bikes and someone who's like just getting into walking for the first time. It's like you can't serve all these people. You need to say like, okay, this guide is just you want to you want to try and serve as many people as possible. But you have to at some point say we need to focus and like who can who can we best help too is like an important thing. Like a lot of enthusiasts don't need your help as much as somebody who is like I want to start walking 20 minutes a day or like I want to start getting a handle on how much activity I'm doing, but I, I feel, I don't know, unmotivated. I don't know where to start. Um, and this like I just want something that will help like grease the groove to getting into this thing. And like that's the person we can help the most. So that's like the right audience for a certain kind of guide. Right on. And it sounds potentially really fucking challenging because anytime something trends, you've got like 20 like copycat products like in the marketplace at any given moment. Yeah, that's that can be a big challenge that um, in a lot of some product categories are easy because they the product cadence is very slow. Like, uh, let's say refrigerators or like washer and dryers. There's not Mm. like a lot of new innovations. There's not a lot of things coming out. Or if they are, they're like sort of extremely incremental, like features, like they're not changing how they wash clothes. (laughs) Um, But there are other things like, I don't know, let's say Bluetooth headphones where they're like really hot category. 
Um, that not seems that. like a nightmare to wade through potentially, though. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I mean, our our God bless our headphones writer, Lauren Dragon. She is she has a, a good handle on all of it. She's very enthusiastic. But at the same time, it's like a very fast moving category. Bluetooth headphones are not expensive to like make. You can like buy them generic in some you know, manufacturing town in China and slap your brand on them and then like put them out in the world. And then we have to (laughs) deal with them and review them and all that stuff. So So where certain media companies have people on like the climate desk and, you know, local politics, you guys have like the Bluetooth headphones person Mm -hmm. and the (laughs) nice. Well, that that makes sense. I think we also we had a job posting recently go like super viral because we were looking for like a pet's writer Mm. to write guides to pet stuff and everyone was like my dream like writing about (laughs) my cat all day and it's like it's not quite that but like it is pretty cool it's germane to your interest yeah right so you graduated with a degree in applied physics at Mm -hmm. columbia what did you think you were going to do when you grew up you know it changed a lot um when i was in like when I was a kid, I like always wanted to be a writer, I think. But everyone was like, you can't like that's not no, a, of course, that's not yeah. a job. Yeah. You need to do something else. So I was like, <sighs> I think at some point someone was like, what if you went to engineering school? And I was like, OK, like I liked physics in high school. So that sort of I was like, this is like super straightforward career path. I like like math. I like science. And it's easy to get into engineering school as a girl so I can go to a really good college and <laughs> affirmative action. And um, yeah, I thought I would be an engineer or like at one point, I think in there, I was like, maybe I'll be a professor and go into like the academia and like do like physics research. That would be really cool. Um, but then I was not good enough at the school aspect because that's like the cream of the cream of the cream of the crop yeah. who like go on to do research. And I was not I was not that. And I still really liked writing. So I was like. Um, I started doing writing internships while I was going to engineering school. Is that how you sort of made the transition into being a tech writer? Yes. Well, yeah. I um, My first writing internship was for College Humor. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was really fun. Those were good days. I'm still friends with some of those people. So um, not tech writing. Not tech writing. <laughs> yeah. the, the two sort of, the, the startups, two very disparate things and sort of like trended toward each yeah. other over a few years. Okay, right on. And when, what was your first like tech writing assignment and who was it for and what was it like? Hmm. I, well, one of my writing internships was for Ars Technica. Um, that was probably, I mean, like I applied to them. I wanted to like, I was like, what if I did science journalism? Cause I was like a science person. Um, so I was like, I have science experience. What if I wrote about that? And, um, I wrote to them being like, do you ever have interns? And, uh, the editor-in-chief, Ken Fisher, wrote back, like, totally, like, our interns do X, Y, Z. And I got there, and they were like, we've never had an intern before. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, but that was, like, sort of, that was, like, the real point where I found, and I started freelancing for them after my internship was over. And then eventually that rolled into um, being on contact contract for them, writing about gadgets, like, reviewing gadgets. When it was, like, the boom time for smartphones and tablets, they were like, we need a person to do this. Do you want to do it? And I was like... Sure. Did you, and you ended up working there in an editorial capacity for many years afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Were you ever in danger of moving to Palo Alto? <laughs> no, never. Why? I, why, are, why not? I, I don't know. We didn't have anyone. Do we have anyone even who lived in SF at that time? 
I don't think we did. But not even for them necessarily, just like going to there and being oh. of the fold. Not really, no. Okay. Like I, I felt no draw to like, uh, I mean, like what I covered was not really like Silicon Valley in any capacity, like not even really until like the last couple of years I started covering more like tech culture stuff. Um, but I never really had an impulse to like be part of it. I, like it always just seemed like a crazy like, offshoot <laughs> right. of like what I knew. And I was happy to just like watch it from afar and be like, and you might just not particularly want to be immersed. In oh, no. Yeah. It seemed, either, it seemed yeah. like a real reality distortion field just like encases <laughs> the whole thing sometimes. So as, as you mentioned, Wirecutter and Sweet Home were launched by our pal, Brian Lamb, mm-hmm. um, formerly Gizmodo chief and Gawker alum. And it was bought for $30 million, million, million <laughs> dollars, dollars by the New York Times. Do you guys work out of the Times offices? How does that work? Uh, well, we are largely a remote uh, workforce. So when they acquired us, we were 60-ish people. Um, probably about half of that was editorial. And only 10 or so of them are in New York. Okay. So of... Of those, we all have desks, or at least a set of desks, because we've like sort of, I think we've grown by 50% editorial wise just in New York since we like, um, since we were acquired. So and now when we were you acquired. It's been like, it was October. So like, okay, nine months. Oh, right on human gestation. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have desks, uh, not quite enough room for everybody, but we do, we are like welcome to work out of the Times building, but most people still just work from home. I love working from home, yeah. so I just do that most of the time. Do you feel like you're part of the times at all, or do you feel sort of like siloed? I feel like we are, we're, we're still very much our own thing. They really want to like sort of maintain the integrity of our operation. They want to like, uh, they want us to keep doing what it is that we're doing. So we're not like threading into the mm. newsroom by any means we've done some like collaborations with them and we had before we got acquired but it was like um very specific one-off projects and it's still mostly like that we're like we're still pretty much just as we are but we have the sort of like we're backed up by like the new york times branding and um we're serving a a different sort of larger like a larger interest like not just like existing for ourselves but like we're now part of this bigger thing it's like a weird floodlight Mm -hmm. it's just like you're like oh yeah the times is the times right like (laughs) it's just it's really fucking huge Mm -hmm. do your parents tell their friends that you work for the times because that's so what mine would do they i think she does like uh explain it in that way but then it like immediately gets tricky when it's like oh what do they do and it's like oh they work for the wire cutter it's like what is you can't just be like oh she's like a reporter (laughs) right right right, right. she's an editor she's like no it's like a different a different thing. But they're well I think we're welcome to say we work at the New York Times and I welcome my mother to tell people that. So a, a large part of why I want to talk to you is because of your column. Mm-hmm. And Ask a Swole Woman is on the hairpin and it started out actually around a year ago, like almost to the day. Yes. Yeah. Very close. It's like next week is the anniversary. Totally. Explain what it is. So Ask a Swole Woman is an advice column where people can write into me with questions about Largely about fitness and all that that implies, but with a heavy focus on strength training, becoming stronger and everything that goes into that, which sometimes includes like, should I be doing yoga? What should I be eating? Do I drink a protein shake? Like all that kind of stuff. I am there for these questions of like, or even like, how do I even 
go to the gym and enter the weight room like I'm a person who knows what I'm doing. So yeah, totally. And what about the space where you're like, hmm, thinking emoji, like, I need to create this particular column to address what isn't addressed at all? Well, I had gotten really into weightlifting over the last like couple of years and was talking to anybody who would let me talk at them about it. Uh, Just like totally in love with it, obsessed with it. And um, at one point, Sylvia Killingsworth, who is the editor of the All in the Hairpin right now, um, she was like, I need an advice column. And one of our other friends was like, Casey should do it. I was like, (laughs) I I don't know where that came from. Like, I don't feel like an advice kind of person. But I was like, sure. And then uh, everyone was like, what should it be about? One of our other friends was like, she should do it about lifting weights. And I was like, okay. Like I never thought (laughs) I would have, I would have done this or I would have pitched it myself if I had thought even remotely that anyone cared, but it was like, I would talk to people about this. And I was just like, I got nothing back. I was like, everyone's like, oh, like, oh, okay. That sounds nice for you. Um, but so I'm like shocked that anyone reads it or that anyone likes it, but there are at least a couple of people who you're being such a girl about the whole thing. (laughs) So basically the entire industry is really fucked up. There's so much advice that's floating around that is supposedly gospel. And like a lot of it doesn't ever at all address women. Mm-hmm. That's so true. You know, it's like the intermittent fasting conversation has nothing to do with women. It's like paleo has nothing to do with women, mm-hmm. especially like the results. And so if I were you and someone asked, I would be like, yo, like the industry <laughs> is super skewed, like mm-hmm. every industry. And I was done with it. And I thought, gavel thwack, I'm going to have a column for women. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I mean, would say about that's it. That's a really that's a good idea. I do sort of like under pitch the like women's aspect of it. But it's almost like. I guess I want it to exist as something that is normal but happens to only address women. Like, I don't answer questions from men. I only frame things in the context of women. Um, so, I, but I'm happy. To, I probably should, like, mar- I'm, I'm not a good marketer, but I should, like, <laughs> pitch it more that way, if not, like, execute it necessarily. Like a Let know. me help your positioning. Yes, please. No, so, like, and for our regular listeners who might be non-women, um, know that this content is not... It's not exclusionary. No, no. Like, And that's the thing. It's like for women, but also it's for health and for human beings. It's and for like everyone but like white men who can do all of it without like a second thought, who had been like basted in it their entire lives. Yeah, who are like, um, I bought this singlet and with it came all of this knowledge about how to do this activity. Yeah, right. totally. And, and, and the other thing I really want to talk about is that, you know, you sort of couch it in this notion that you were like into it and other people didn't seem into it at all. But meanwhile... <laughs> You know, the global wellness industry is $3.7 trillion. Mm. And that's crazy. And to me, that makes it a fan, like a super fascinating topic for like everyone. It's like the Bitcoin conversation where people are like, ooh, is this free money? Like, Mm -hmm. because that's kind of what I feel like the fervor feels like. Totally. Um, So, how has the response been in terms of the people that you do talk to and and whose questions you answer? Um, It's been really awesome. Like, I feel like I get a lot of proact like I feel like I've gotten more sort of like proactive feedback of people telling me that they it's it's been like life changing for them that they like like it so much it got them into lifting which is like if I had changed one person's mind I would have been fine with that yeah. but like 
I get, I feel like I've gotten more positive emails from this column than I have like in the entire rest of my career. No, I mean, hero priest, like you are here because I was like, yo, this is really crazy. And it also kind of felt like you were like casually, like one day when like all of the um, social started for Swole Woman, I was like, you fucking lying X-Men piece of shit. Like, I can't believe you were secretly doing this all this time and like not talking about it before. I know. Well, that's like part of the problem is a lot of people do it and then like don't talk about it. And then like everyone else is like spinning their wheels trying to figure out how to do anything. And I'm just like, this isn't that hard. Like all you if all you need is like me with my basic knowledge set to connect you to like to like put you in clothes and put you in the gym and like put a barbell on your back so you do a squat and that's that will like change your life then I want to be in that position. Well, why did you first start lifting? Um there's like a bunch of versions of the story and it could be a very long story. It could be a pretty short one. Tell me the medium-sized one <laughs> okay. where you would normally be too embarrassed to tell me because you felt like maybe you sounded gassed or that you were being like re- really like egotistical about it. Like, tell me that version. Okay. Well, um, I feel like I was a pretty athletic kid my whole life. Um, when I got to college, I was kind of like, I didn't know how how to health when I got to college. <laughs> yeah, so same. eventually, I took up running because it was just like super easy, like get into it, go out the door, move around for 20 minutes, come back. And like, that's your exercise. Cheap. Just need shoes. Um, And I got more and more into running. And I just like, all I ever wanted was to like lose weight. I wanted to lose weight. I felt like I was, I was never like fat, but I just felt too big. And I was like, I, I should like go on a diet. I should run. And I just never got what I wanted from it. I got like I, I looking back in pictures, I got smaller and smaller over the, like six years, but then I just never felt like I wanted to feel, or if I did feel like I did, I felt like it was a very precarious state of being where like, if I, I was like, okay, I'm like eating exactly what I should be. But if I eat this other thing, it'll be like bad, which is a whole disordered eating like tangent. But, um, eventually I think I was getting burnt out on running. I was getting injured And at one point I was trolling around on Reddit and I saw someone's crazy upvoted post of being like, I'm a woman. This is my experience lifting weights for six months. And I looked at the pictures and it was like not as I probably would have expected at that time that she got like really bulky and like huge muscles or just like looked bigger. But she had like just gotten like overall more like the word, the horrible word toned. She was like more toned. And I was like that is a very interesting thing that I never would have expected that anyone could do, let alone just like any random woman. She was only working out like 30 minutes a day for like three days a week. I was like, what? Which as a cardio person, you're like, fuck you. I know, right. I was putting in like an hour every day, most days of the week. And I was just like, this sounds like a dream. And she was also like eating a lot because you have to like eat a lot to build muscle. I was like, why did no one ever <laughs> tell me anything about this? Like I could have been doing this this whole time. Are you crazy? This, this is insane. So I started doing it and it worked. And I was like, holy shit, this is like, why didn't I know? Yeah. And so you make sure to say in your first column that I'm not a personal trainer, physiotherapist, psychotherapist, doctor, lawyer, nutritionist, dietitian, CEO, gym owner, Pokemon gym owner, or anything. I do not have a line of vegan granola bars or a juice cleanse subscription service or workout videos on YouTube. What do you bring to the table? (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm like, this is this goes into a whole sort of theory I have about like the information economy that we have today, which is that like there's so much out there that there can be value in this simple thing of like knowing even something sort of basic and having like a good, a solid understanding of it and bringing it to people who have no idea. Is it kind of like your day job? Sure. Yeah, it's I very... mean, it so is. You're basically like whittling through. Like, yes. You're like, yeah, winnowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I mean, I do, I don't, I don't want to undersell myself in like a girl way. I do have like particular knowledge of science stuff that lends me to like, cutting through all, all of the there's so much bullshit about like sunscreen for instance and I can look at it and say like yes no that's correct this isn't um and I guess I sort of bring that to fitness stuff too because that is also a lot of science and like um a lot of it's driven by like research and studies and like people eat this much and get this much result and they're like their leg press goes up by 50 percent or whatever so it's like I I do sort of bring that benefit to it. And there's not a ton of people like that in fitness and not a ton of good writers. So like I can take my like, you know, my powers combined, we form this like Voltron of something good. No. And you're very left and right hemispheres of the brain person. And you're super like can write. But also, do you even spreadsheet question mark? (laughs) Like that's like your whole jam. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, what are some of the questions that you get like thematically? Um, I get a lot of how do I even go to the gym? How do I deal socially with being at the gym? What if someone touches me? Like, what if men talk to me? What if, like, do I get a personal trainer? What if I don't like the personal trainer? Oh my God, I Um, hated my personal (laughs) trainer and I just kept paying him. I feel like, I mean, it's like of a piece with the whole fitness thing, which is like a lot of personal trainers are bad and it's like impossible to find a good one, impossible to know if they're good until you're already in it and you're like, this is bad. Yeah. Um, what is like the, the myth that you were like, that you most frequently have to debunk? Man, there's so many, right? There's a lot. Yeah. Let me think. I mean, I would say something that I get asked about a lot, but I haven't done a column on yet is that people want to, people want to work out at home, but they want to expect incredible results from working out at home that you just can't get. And it's like the marketing will never stop that will tell people like you can get a huge butt if you just like do donkey kicks for like three sets of 30 like on your living room floor. It's like that's not how it happens. That's not how the person who's telling you to do that got their huge butt. It's like you can get exercise like the threshold for like our government's standard of exercise is pretty low. It's just like go walk outside for 20 minutes a day, three times a day. That's health. Um, but like people who want to like look a very particular way or like be a lot stronger, it's like you can't really do that at home without a gym. You need like good equipment. You need to like invest getting yourself in the right place and like doing a certain kind of thing in order to get that result. And it's not even like it's that complicated, but it's hard for people to get over that hump of like, oh, I need to like leave my house and dedicate like a set aside time for this and not just like try and squeeze it in between like home activities. This is not what I wanted to hear. (laughs) Um, So the thing about being a fitness, uh, so the thing about being a fitness person on like social media right now is that it's so huge. Like, do you know who Kayla Itzinis is? Oh, I definitely do. Okay, so she's the creator of Bikini Body Guide. And her and her man's Ziz, who's also a bodybuilder and like the CEO of her company, they're worth $46 million. Mm-hmm. 
And every like, you know, Belfie model who's usually like Australian or English, they're all selling like workouts for like 50 to $100 for like a set of fucking PDFs. Why do you give your wisdom out for free? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like not smart about this, I think. <laughs> I should really I mean like that's it seems like that's where Everything All is behind a paywall. Fitness people yeah. end up is like selling their thing, and I hope to not become that person. But I don't know. It's just like it's it's crazy what a commodity like knowledge about working out is, and how people think they need to do a specific like they need to do exactly what Kayla tells them to do, and right, order like to, crazy like, get plyometrics, fitness. yeah, and like but not not only crazy plyometrics, but exactly the one she does on exactly the days she does it. And it's like fitness is in a way a lot more it's it's like both harder and easier than than people think it is. What does that mean? Like it's I mean, it's harder in that like I feel like people don't engage very much with like intense exercise like heavyweights. Heavyweights are like becoming more of a thing more and more like magazines are sort of prescribing them as like you want to work out, you want to strength train, you should lift heavy. Like don't use these like two pound dumbbells to like do just like little thousand reps yeah Yeah. totally like go and use the heavy things and you will get more results faster from that you will get stronger a lot faster like your capacity as a human being to get stronger is like in everyone's dna like your body is literally good at it if you just give it these like simple things that it needs to do it you don't have to like do a certain hit routine in order to get stronger it's like to me that's both harder (laughs) And more uncomfortable than just, like, doing some sets of squats. So, like, I don't know if I'm, like, actually explaining anything No, here, I but mean, basically, like, we're kind of snowflakes. Mm-hmm. And we know what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. And the order in which we should be doing it. And the intensity at which we should be doing it. Right. And it's, like, uh, but everyone just, like, it's, like, people sell this stuff as simple yeah, it's like 28 minutes, it three is, days a week. It yeah. is in a way, and it is like you are doing something like that's not a bad thing, but people have expectations that are built up about that kind of stuff, and it's just not – they're just not going to get what they think they're going to out of it. That's like Isn't my real issue. Isn't it just like genetics, though, where you're like, I'm never going to look like Kayla? In – yeah, I mean, she is like a super skinny young woman – um yeah she's like 25 or something yeah she's she is like young um I mean yeah there's definitely a degree of genetics but like that's kind of why like the sort of more muscle building aspect is like kind of everyone can build muscle like not to infinity but like you can always (laughs) and I keep going (laughs) you can always like kind of like get a little bigger in terms of your muscularity so like that is in a way like a almost more an easier to promise goal because like it's like if you just do the things you need to do the muscle will show up but like people can only get so small in like certain dimensions how strong are you right now (laughs) like is that like the weirdest question i'm like lift Uh, up this baby grand (laughs) i don't know how much meaning it'll have to everyone but um I could tell you my, like, I I specifically participate in the sport of powerlifting, so I can tell you my best powerlifting lifts. Um, My best ever squat is, I believe, 235 pounds. Okay. Um, I benched 
uh, 130 pounds the other day, which is almost a full plate. It's like very exciting for me. And I, my best ever deadlift is like 272 pounds. So where were you when you started? Was it like LOL pounds for a deadlift? It was like when I squat, when I started, I was, I think I was squatting the barbell, which is 45 pounds. Um, I don't think I could bench the barbell. So I was doing like two, like two 15 pound weights, just dumbbells. And, um, I think I was deadlifting 65 pounds. Okay. And so how much research goes into each column? Cause it's, you draw in a, there's a lot of like, watch this video, like look at this thing and here's the slate for this. It's like, I don't, I don't do that research like in the moment. It's just like, I've literally been all of my free time. Like it's, this is what I do to like relax is to like go on Reddit and read about lifting or like wa- go on YouTube and like watch people's lifting videos and like learn about new people who have like good instructional videos. So like when somebody asks me how to deadlift, I instantly think of like five deadlifting instructional videos that I've watched that I know helped me. Yeah. Um. So it's like, I don't, it's like, I don't know how you quantify that. Cause it's, it's just something that I've been doing now for three years <laughs> and so it's like in a way a lot of research but in another way I've internalized a lot of it at this point would you say that it was as rigorous as your reporting for like I don't know like other articles and things like that I yeah I would say so I mean like I don't really I I've I've sort of toyed with like trying to start to talk to sources for stuff that I don't have a good handle on yet um and I mostly just don't <laughs> answer those questions so it is in a way like I can select the question that I'm going to answer and I can pick a question I already know the answer to and it's easy for me to phrase. But there are other Which ones. Which is fine where, for year one, but right. you're looking at year two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. I need to get more ambitious. But um yeah, I've I've I would say that it's definitely a similar amount of work and I have a similar like sort of drive to get to the bottom of what it is that I'm talking about and not just like sort of recycle or repeat what I yeah. hear or what what I see other people saying. I want to like really understand what it is that I'm talking about. Because you're like a competitive nerd. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> um, I love to play trivia. Well, I could totally see that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the way I see it, I feel like you've got a really solid lane. Like, you know, like you were saying, you're a writer, you are like a tech reporter, a physics nerd, and you're wild body positive. <laughs> um, and like people like Jen Selter, you know who that is, right? I, of course. Okay, like the, the butt. The butt. And she has 11.4 million followers on Instagram, which is insane. And mm-hmm. like you could be that for like back muscles. Like, why don't you like actually whore out like a lot more than you do? I don't know if I could. I don't know if there's a market for back muscles the way there is a market for like butts. <laughs> you, but I mean, like butts in the grand scheme of things to for for this widespread acclaim is mm-hmm. still relatively new. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, and, and I'm talking about like. I was about to say Becky's with Belfies, but that's really mean. But basically, like, random, like, white chicks from, like, Surrey who mm-hmm. have, like, these crazy butts. Like, yeah. I just feel like the lane is so there. I am very curious as to why you don't monetize it and scale it and be crazy about it. Uh, I mean, the potential is still there. But this, um, consider this an intervention. Yeah, I can yeah. always I can always go down that road. I don't know. Like, I it's that's a whole investment. Like, I... Of your soul, like a, a yeah. lot of a lot goes into like taking like I've I've done some like photo taking and video making in my various like capacities in my job and it's just like I kind of know how much work goes into like a good photo and like 
a good video and it's a lot. I just, I feel not up to that or like I, I'm not invested enough in that sort of end goal in order to like put in the work to right. like take a nice photo of my butt. But I mean, so like you've actually mentioned in one of your columns that you find it like that you're, you're uneasy with how people follow Instagram stars or like even celebrities on social media and like mm-hmm. literally use their grams as like workout guides. Like yeah. why does that trouble you? Because what you see somebody doing doesn't mean that's what they did to look like what they do. Right, right. At all. Like you can like if I get on the floor and start doing like glute kickbacks, that doesn't mean that my butt looks the way it does because of glute kickbacks. It looks the way it does because I've spent three years doing a ton of different stuff, including like way heavier stuff than that. It's just like you can't unless somebody is telling you this is my exact workout program and this is exactly what I ate in order to get the way I look, that sort of gets you part of the way there. But then it's like you not only have to know what they're doing, it's like you have to do it and sort of progress your own self. Yeah. Like your muscles are not going to get bigger if you're not lifting increasingly heavy weights, for instance. So like you have to put in your own work to something like that and not, it's just not the whole picture. So you talk about lifting as quote, getting stronger musculoskeletally and emotionally. How has lifting changed like your entire vibes and brains? Um, it's, I mean, really to revisit the sort of disordered eating patterns, it's like, I always had a very like antagonistic relationship with my body, I would say, or just even like a sort of mystified one. It's like, why do I look the way that I do all the time? If I eat this, like what will happen? And how much can I eat? How little should I be eating? Oh, I'm not like, I'm hungry, but if I don't eat, then that would be like a good thing. Right. And so it was just very trying to like. I always say torture myself and I, that's like a strong word, but it was like sort of just trying to torture myself into the way that I want it to be. And it was very antagonistic. Mm-hmm. And now my relationship with my body is much more constructive because I know if I, if I give it the things that it needs and I do with it the stuff that it wants to do, like that its biology is capable of, it can sustain this level of like activity and like do really cool shit it can like get stronger it can build muscle and it's just like very rewarding to like take care of yourself and then have that pay off in like a concrete way well right because your whole relationship with your body before was that it was disobedient Mm -hmm, basically yeah Yeah, totally which is its own thing um (laughs) what does it feel like to lift really heavy weights like what does it to you it's I mean it's hard to say because like part of the reason I like lifting so much is it just takes a lot of mental focus so when you add like it's like after you do it or after you've like been to the gym and you leave and you're like wow I didn't think about like anything in the outside world for like a whole hour and that was amazing um I don't know it's like a lot of just fucking grit like just effort I don't know that there's a feeling it doesn't even hurt like you you hurt afterward I would say I think you can like you can like rip a muscle while you're lifting that's <laughs> never like, happened that hurts, to me yeah. I've never like gotten injured while lifting it does happen to people but like it's not even painful it's just like a supremely focused 
energy on like doing this one thing that you have to do. And how <laughs> like what's like the endorphin payload situation? You know, I mean, people talk like I feel like everyone's relationship with this is like the runner's high that yeah. you have. I do feel like I think I feel more relaxed after I work out. Um, but I don't know. It's it's very it's different for me. Like I feel like a runner's high is pretty light, whereas lifting is almost like a clenchy high. <laughs> no, it's like it's um it's like meditative because you like can't think about anything else because mm, so it's so, like the men in black light where it's just like boom and then your brain's like Whoa. yeah it's yeah. like you're so i i sometimes it's like the positive version of like being chased by a bear where it's like your biology is so focused on this one thing it's like your brain literally can't be other places because it has to be doing this one thing do you ever like cry yeah at the gym yeah I've written about this like I am I am no, I, I read about when you cried when it wasn't happening for you and you were bummed mm-hmm. out I mean I've cried like it's I I try to like to explain this to my mom because she saw me cry at the gym once and she was like so worried and I was like it's it's fine this like it's what I would compare it to is like my probably my prime and there's a lot of reasons to cry at the gym but like my <laughs> primary one is like you're you're at such a you're like at your sort of mental emotional capacity when you're trying to do these things that like if something happens in the middle of it or you like get fucked up like one time I started crying because I was doing I was like mid squat and some guy like walked into my barbell and like bumped me (gasps) and didn't hurt me but threw me off I think I was able to like finish and put the bar back but I was just like that made me cry because I was just like so I mean it might have just been like I was trying to do something and he fucked me up but it's like that's not really something right it's more like you were like rock climbing and then somebody like put on the offspring or something you're like why would you do that that is so loud like I'm really concentrating so when you have like this like quantifiable mass that you know yourself to be capable of lifting or squatting or whatever and it's a number and you know what that number is does it make you feel like less scared when you walk down the street at night knowing that you're strong? Hmm. I think in a sense, yes. I'm um, not telling you to like wear headphones <laughs> and like only walk down like poorly lit streets or I anything. I like but. never think about that. The other day I was like, I shouldn't, I wonder if I'm not supposed to be wearing headphones when I'm walking alone at night. Like probably not. I'm not a very like aware person. It's, it's not good. But um, at least you're fucking hella strong, though. <laughs> sometimes, like, I th- sometimes I think about it. And I'm like, man, would I be able to fend off an attacker? I think I could at least surprise them by being like a lot stronger than they bargained for. <laughs> um, but I do think also this sad, sad ladies conversation like, that we I, have to have so often. I am not I would say also, but I'm like I'm tall. I'm not like a frail looking person. So I think if I were if I were an attacker, like looking for somebody to pick off of the street, I would probably be low on the list. Um, but I also think that about this a lot, too, because there's like a lot of different kinds of strength. And one of them is like sort of more explosive, uh, mm, like power. Yeah, that's like more what you need to like be a good fighter. I am strong, but in a very controlled sort of motion mm. in terms of like throwing a punch. I could probably throw a pretty good punch, but like my reaction times are not that great. So I'm not, I don't know, I'm not an optimal fighter, but I think I do have a much better fighting chance than if I were not. Yeah. Um, like I, I used to be such a, like I was like all noodles for 
No, I was once ones. assailed by a 15 year old girl with an umbrella. Whoa. So, and I was just like, you are tiny. What is this? And yet I was very afraid. And I was oh like, God. you could probably take me. Um, so in terms of like, you know, you talk about how, you know, lifting weights is a lot less time consuming than say like doing cardio for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. How much time does it take out of your week? Um, like the whole lifestyle, like including like meal prep Sundays or whatever it is that you do. Interesting question. I, the, the gym time is for me, I like going like from warming up to leaving the gym is probably like a total of four to six hours per week. I thought he was going to say per day. I was like, why are you even here? Like, this is not something that's not helpful to anyone. No, I, um, that's per, that's per week. So like an hour, hour and a half a day, but that's not like straight through exercising. It's a lot of like, my gym is very disorganized. So it's a lot of like finding the things and like putting the plates on the bar. And then like between sets, you rest like three to five minutes. So it's a lot of like standing around. Um, so there's that. Um, I probably spent another, I don't know, hour or so just stretching. Stretching is important to mm. keep all your muscles from like growing together too much. Uh, meal prep, let's say maybe another four hours, six hours, depending on what I'm making, how much I'm making. But you do that, right? You like, yeah, it's cook. like you got to eat. Yeah. But anyway. you like, do you pre-cook all the things that you know you're going to eat that week and stuff? Um, if I'm like on my game, I will have all of my food just like ready in the fridge. Not that I need to. Like, I mean, I, this is New York, and like yeah, you can get the out, things. Yeah, you can get the things. You can. There's great delivery everywhere. Eating out is one of the great pleasures. So, like, I I don't. I'm not somebody. Like, I feel like there's a probably an impression of like the very serious lifter who has like a strict diet regimen and they like bring all their food with them. Mm. I am not that person, but. I do prepare food just because, like, I do need a large quantity of food. I can't just kind of like many, how much eat food anything. Do you eat? Um, this is like porn for me because I too have had disordered <laughs> eating for many decades. So when other people talk about it, I'm like, yes, go right. on. Yeah, I my sort of maintenance calorie amount is 2,500 calories a day, uh, with about 150 grams of protein. It, so that's like 600 calories of protein. Um, so that's like maintenance. If I am bulking, if I'm building muscle, it's like 3000 calories. If I am cutting body fat, it's, uh, like 18, 1900. And why would you ever hashtag want gains? (laughs) Um, like when you start lifting, there's this like very magical period where your body can kind of like build muscle and lose fat at the same time. Um, oh, noobs which will, like really yeah. that will really like sell anyone on the concept of lifting weights. But once you sort of get out of that process, in order to build muscle, you have to eat an excess of food so that your body has something to make muscle with. And you can't gain only muscle. You need to like gain some fat along with the process. Like it's like you need a you need like a, a buffer mm. of it's better to eat a little bit too much and like make sure you gain the muscle than like not eat enough and not gain anything. So. How do we even get on this topic? So you have to gain first and then lose and then gain and then lose and then gain and yeah, then lose and like, then you're shredded. There's a sure. There's like a <laughs> biological um, like losing body fat is not just like a cosmetic thing, although like everyone wants to be shredded. Um, being carrying more body fat, I believe, like, again, not a nutritionist, but I've read one one whole book about this. 
Um, That's like a hundred articles <laughs> that, that counts. Yeah. That's um, yeah. So uh, I believe when you are carrying extra body fat, your insulin response is lower. Um, so you will have less of a propensity for excess food that you eat to turn into muscle. So it's sort of like beyond a certain point of muscle gain, you're going to be like your your muscle sort of graph is going to fall off while your body fat gain graph is going to go up. Mm. So you want to shave off some of the body fat so you can restore your insulin response and start the whole process all over again. Got it. So what is the one, what is like one cool thing you can do for yourself on Sunday evening if you are the laziest or the poorest or like the most depressed and can't do anything else? One cool thing. Yeah. I would say, like, let's say I'm going to, I'm going to orient this around pull-ups because pull-ups are cool. If you can't even afford a pull-up bar, it's like, go to a place, like go to a park where they're like, parks always have pull-up bars. There's always something you can do a pull-up on and go and just, if you can't do a pull, like do some pull-ups, but if you can't do pull-ups, you can do what are called negatives where you like jump up to the top where your like arms are bent, your chin is over the bar and then like slowly let yourself down. Okay. And that's, that's like one negative. So you can do, I don't know, three sets of five of those, however many you can do, (laughs) stop, rest for a minute, do another set, do another set. And then like, that's your set of pull-up negatives. And that's, that counts as like a thing. It's like the new planks or something. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So if I wanted to start lifting tomorrow, what are the five things I should remember to bring or do? If you want to start like the tomorrow. most rudimentary ass cursory fucking like basic, basic shit. And mm-hmm. you talk about like first thing that comes up to mind is like you, you talk about shoes a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say like if you're if are you buying things in this scenario? Yeah, you do need a good pair of I would say, I mean, you can lift in your socks. It's not, some gyms won't let you do it, but like you want to have your feet like as flat and as stable as possible. You don't want to lift in running shoes because they're too squishy and your foot will move around too much. So have a nice pair of flat soled shoes, like a Chuck Taylor. It's Mm. like the canonical shoe to start lifting in. Or Air Force Ones, I imagine too. Air Force Ones. Yeah. They're super just flat platform. Yeah. 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 Um, That's important. I would say bring some water. Yeah. Um, Make sure you're wearing shorts or pants that are not restrictive that will allow you to squat all the way down. Um, Because otherwise you're just going to split your pants. You might split your pants. You might, I don't know, you might, you might just not (laughs) squat deep enough. You might get like a quarter of the way down and be like, this is enough. You got to squat all the way down um, in order to get all the benefits. That's three things. What else should you have? I would say bring your, get a nice podcast. That's really like what gets me to the gym some days is like, I will, I'm going, I'm making a date with myself to go listen to my podcast and like the working out is happening like right, right, on around the side. It. Yeah, totally. Um, and then, yeah, some good uh, headphones. I've invested in Bluetooth headphones over the last like year or two and it's like real game changer from like having the cord in your face all the time no totally and i'm sure headphones also help so that if you don't want anyone to talk to you mm-hmm. you're just kind of like meow yeah sometimes i have mine in even though they're not playing anything like the battery will die and i'll be like well. <laughs> no sometimes i'll wear i'll wear like so i actually carry earplugs around with me <laughs> like always so because i don't sometimes um listening to music and dealing with the world feels like i don't know like eating like drinking Mountain Dew and mm-hmm. eating like something like lobster where I'm just like, oh, it's too much information. <laughs> so um, 
Okay, so why aren't you hella into CrossFit instead? Um, I think CrossFit is the devil. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's... Do you? I mean, I don't want them to sue me, so I'm not going to say that. But uh, CrossFit can be a very uneven experience in terms of how much you're taught and how to do it. They do a lot of, like, complex things, like they do... Um, Olympic weightlifting, they'll be like, do 50 like cleans, which is where you like pull the bar off of the floor and catch it on your shoulders. It's a very like complex um, movement that needs to be done correctly in order for it. Like, that's not what I do in my lifting stuff, but like they do stuff like that. Um, They do a lot of movements that make you that that are very technical that open you up to injury if you're not doing them correctly and they want you to do them fast for time competitively with your peers and they don't teach you to do them correctly often um some there i've heard there are some instructors who are good but like it's you don't know what you're getting so you are super smart and you're responsible and again you're not a doctor or an expert but i think you are certainly as much a doctor or expert as some of these fucking supposed experts (laughs) so um i actually want to play a game with you okay We've never done this on the pod, but it's called Pure Fucking Garbage or Totally a Thing. I'm going to name something, and you're going to tell me if it's Pure Fucking Garbage or Totally a Thing. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Okay. And you can elaborate, or you also don't have to. Um, okay. okay. Cardio as a concept. I'm going to say... And it can't be, like, kind of fucking garbage. <laughs> it's to- Yeah, it's... it's- Cardio as a concept. I'm going to say totally a thing because you do need to have some cardio like fitness level in order to do anything in your life. Like even if all you ever did was lift weights, you do need to be able to like breathe and not black out when you're doing like squats for 30 seconds, you know. So I'm going to say totally a thing. I am I maybe not the answer you were expecting because I am like I am. I, I tend to skew overly anti-cardio just because people are so into it as being like their only method of fitness. So I'm, I try to like counter program by being like never do cardio. But like in the grand scheme of things, I can't completely write it off. So I have to say totally a thing. Do you do cardio though? Um, I, I will do cardio sometimes. Oh, I ride my bike. That's like my okay. cardio. Um, and I walk a lot. So a lot of it is like built. I, I have it easy in a way because it's like built into my life. Um, but well, it's also, like if it's the one thing we can get from like all the indignities of living in New York, I think mm-hmm. that's, that's I know we fine. have like yeah, a basic totally. level of fitness. Um, and I will sometimes supplement when I'm cutting body fat. I will. Uh, my new thing is walking on the treadmill at an incline. Mm. I find that to be comfortable and easy. OK, right on. So again, pure fucking garbage or totally a thing. Herbal supplements like maca, cordyceps, and Amanda Chantal Bacon's moon juices and moon dots and Gwyneth Paltrow's smoothies. I'm going to have to say pure fucking garbage. Okay, why? I mean, like, without having, like, a full medical, like, evaluation of all these things, I don't even recognize uh, most of them. But, like, people take – I feel like the reason that people take supplements is – Whatever they're expecting to get out of them is not really what they're going to get. Or they're probably just caffeine. If you're getting anything out of it, it's like most supplements are like caffeinated. So you like feel you feel peppy. And it's it's like that's not whatever whatever crazy herbal thing it is, is probably not what you're getting. But or not not why that's happening. 
Um, and it's like what people want out of herbal supplements. They, people will like pile that kind of shit on top of their lives when it's like they're not – they're like – eating McDonald's for every meal and sleeping four hours a night. And like, if I take a you know, L-theanine caplet, it's going to like make me more focused. It's like, what would make you more focused is just like going to bed instead of scrolling through <laughs> Instagram yeah, discover totally. like we were talking about. So Gwyneth Paltrow as a wellness leader in general, she sells $90 vitamins now. Pure fucking garbage or totally a thing. You and I disagree about this all the time. I I am gonna have to go with pure fucking garbage. Okay. You know you're never gonna be rich at this rate. Yeah. Like I've tried to coach you on so many occasions about going that Paltrow lane. This podcast has been a total failure. <laughs> I am gonna stay poor and right. Well, let me tell you, I went to my integrity. I'm going to die poor with my integrity. I went to the Goop Con and that shit was real. Oh my God. It was so. I mean, many things happening. This is a thing that I go around and around about in my brain is like, is it is is something legitimate if you get a feeling from it, even if the reason you're getting the feeling is bullshit? You mean like placebo shit? Yeah, sure. But I like astrology. You don't believe in astrology. I I mean, I am like a fight to the the astrology is fake, but column on mm. is it on the hairpin it's like astrology is fake but i am totally an aquarius <laughs> or i found out i was a scorpio rising recently i was like that was very like illuminating to me. i'm an aries rising and again i just found this out recently too and now that i'm reading both i'm like oh, you know like was the other half missing this whole time it's like so it's it me um no but like yeah i think that so it's like things like that where it's like that's bullshit but if it causes me to introspect is it bullshit? Still kind of yes, but then also like maybe no. But I mean, do you think like because like wellness is zeitgeisting so heavily everywhere that you're going to have like uh, I I Googled self-care and selfish to see like what the results would be. And it's like millions and squillions of fucking results because it's like self-care is not selfish, oh my like God. all that stuff. Right. And but do you think that we are like in the throes of very, very wealthy people? Yeah. I mean, that's like part of the issue that I have with it is that like you could say, oh, well, like Gwyneth Paltrow is just marketing to like the richest of the rich who can afford a $90 jade egg. And if they want to like spend their money on that, if if like the Gwyneth Paltrow industrial complex is just like doing a little wealth extraction, then fine. But it's like I feel like that's never the limit of it. And it's always like people like my mom spends a ton of money on like vitamins that are not crazy shit and they're not dangerous but it's just like is this the best use of your like $60 a month to like buy mm. green tea extract and like she I think she's gotten into like bee pollen and stuff like that's I'm just the like, hot Whoa, shit oh my God. Yeah. it's like it's like is this really can you afford this and it's like people people at that level it, it trickles down to those people and they spend their money on it and it's like that's sort of where it gets problematic for me so, okay, back to the game. Pure okay. fucking garbage are totally a thing. Having to buy protein powder, period, if you're, like, quote, serious about it. Having to buy protein Yeah, having powder. to. Because I feel like everybody has to have, like, a drum of protein powder if they're, like... I'm going to say it's totally a thing, okay. but I do need to explain. So, like, there's a very strong... 
uh, very loud contingent of people who are like, you don't need to have protein powder in order to get protein, which is totally true. You can get all of your protein from food if you want to eat. Like I would have to eat like two chicken breasts a day to get all of the protein that I needed. But I just get tired of chewing all of that chicken. And if I can knock out a fifth of my protein by just like drinking a shake, I would rather do that. And it's also cheaper. It's like protein as a concept is expensive, expensive, however you get it. No, I was paleo for like two years. And I was like, wow, I love ordering two entrees. (laughs) And now you're poor. Yeah. (laughs) It's ridiculous. So, yeah, it's like protein any way you get it as food is very expensive. But protein powder is about the cheapest way you can get protein. So like if you are consuming a lot of protein, it just makes some a, a bit of financial sense to like constrain it a little bit and have a protein powder. Okay. Uh, pure fucking garbage are totally a thing. Collagen milkshakes slash like bone broth slash all of that stuff. That is pure fucking garbage. Is it? Yes. Really? Yes. How? But it makes so much sense. It's like connective <laughs> tissue vibes. But in- you can't put it in your mouth and have it go in your stomach and then come out into your like skin. Though. It just turns into poop. Is that what you're um, Collagen. Me? Collagen is actually like um, the sort of like lowest, least worst quality form of protein. It is technically go protein. On. It's yeah. like it's um it's like a couple of it's like protein is like nine. We need nine amino acids from like food. That's like our protein. Um, Collagen is, I think, like one or two of those amino acids. (gasps) So it's not a complete protein? It's not a complete protein. (gasps) Scandal. So it's not even like a quinoa or like. Oh my god! Nope. Is it like a bean, or is it even? It's not. No, it's, it's not that, even that. It's like way down. It's so like is it like the rice here, that like you eat with end. the bean to activate the bean? It's uh, it's pretty. It, I mean, it's like it's not even rice. It's like what to complete protein you would to complete collagen you would need like. But what about dewy know. skin? Dewy skin. I mean, like your body makes collagen, but not from collagen. You know. Say more. <laughs> I mean, this is just like, I just bought so much bulletproof collagen. Same more things. It's like, well, you like have skin, but you don't eat skin. You know, you don't know my life. (laughs) You do not know my journey. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. Crystals. Crystals are pure fucking garbage. I mean, well, again, to come back to this thing of like, (laughs) do you feel from it? But then it's also like crystals are people like how much was Spencer Pratt selling his crystals for? Like tens of thousands of dollars. In my presence and also say crystals. Um, so low intensity, steady state cardio, a.k.a. the cornerstone of Bikini Body Guide, mm. pure fucking garbage or totally a thing. And what that is, it's basically like doing slow people cardio for yeah. like a really long time. Yeah, it's like walking. Yeah. I'm going to say the brand name is pure fucking garbage, but the concept is totally a thing. Does that, is yeah. that in terms of like moving around is good? Or are you saying that like it's like a good way to recover from other days? I mean, it's it's both like it's it's a it's a fancy term for like walking. That's how I see it. Or like like soft yoga. Um, <laughs> it's I mean. I it but it is like you do need to. Like moving is good to recover from more intense activities. So like doing quote unquote low intensity steady state cardio uh, would be good for someone who lifts. But you don't need to like put a brand name on it Mm. and do it. You can just go for a walk. Well, speaking of that, like speaking of brand names, like why is wellness trending so hard but with brand names? Like 
Like, we need a face for everything. Like, Lauren Roxburgh is, like, the foam rolling person. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and Kayla is this. And, like, Grace Fit UK is that. And, I mean, and, like, turmeric is being positioned as, like, the included in the Pinsite flavor report oh from Pinterest. Like, what is happening right now? Because it feels really aggressive. And I'm not saying it's, like, a new thing, like, circa today. But, mm-hmm. like, it's just ramped up so aggressively. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I mean, I think this is sort of an impression that people have given me, too, from my column is people will tell me, like, oh, I don't, like, do anything in terms of exercise. Or I had one friend tell me the other day. He was like, I love Swole Woman. I, like, don't lift weights, but it really motivates me to go running. And I'm just like, what? So I think... <laughs> It's there's there's an aspect of it of like sort of like toying with something or like fucking around with it or like I just need to do more research on this. It's like engaging with it, just looking at it makes us feel like we worked out. Like I think this is I believe there's like research on this effect where just like sort of consuming something about something makes us feel like virtuous. Oh my god, I was watching a Tracy Anderson DVD as I was talking to my friend on the phone <laughs> and I felt really, really like a <laughs> profound sense of accomplishment. Right. See? Because they're so boring otherwise. It's yeah. like it makes you it makes you feel like I guess like a sense of control and like you could do that thing and just like sort of knowing that brings you a kind of satisfaction I feel like I feel like that's a real thing and it's a total contribution to the world and world peace in general yeah I mean I'm not against it it's like what I'm doing when I'm not at the gym is like reading reddit it's like not any less real (laughs) than what everyone else is doing so you work in media and tech and you and I have all have experienced and know very well the bursting of bubbles do you think there's going to be like a huge burst in the wellness bubble Like right now, just to give you some metrics, you know, I gave you, I told you about how many trillions of dollars the global fitness industry is or the global wellness industry. Um, Orange Theory Fitness, do you know what that is? Yes. Yeah. It's like that. It's like like Barry's Boot Camp, except Mm -hmm. like with like like a chain of specific gyms. So there's 500 studios now. And Pure Bar has 400. Like this can't keep going, right? These bubbles, these individual bubbles will pop. These are like the jazzercise of our times. It's like the tapes will get sold. People will like lose interest in them. It's like they're, they're, it's like trendy. Yeah. Those individual bubbles will pop, but we'll move on to some other fitness. I feel like you should get your money now. You're running out of time. (laughs) I need to think of something. I'm like not good at a business concept. I'm just good at being like cynical with my arms crossed. Like everyone else is wrong. Also me being like, hey, cool job. Get better. (laughs) Get more money. I know your job could be a lot cooler. So, um, oh my God, this is such an aside, but do you think it's weird that there's such a surge in these like drinks that have like ethritol in them? What is ethritol? I don't know. It's like the new stevia. Okay. It's like a sweetener. sweetener. Yeah. And it's like, there's a real thing for sweeteners, like in general, like, I don't know, we, it's like this sort of, I mean, again, with like, we can create information faster than we can figure out whether the information is real or not, like in the way that we had sweet and low and equal for a long time. Mm. And we still have them and people still use them. But it's like, they've been like, they, they've gone through like the whole dramatic arc of like, they're bad for us. They're fine. Are they bad? Are they it's cancer? cancer? Like, yeah. what, what is it? But so, now agave is bu- debunked. It's yeah. like not a real thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like all of this stuff will continue to be around, but it, it's all kind of like going through this churn of like what's real. And it's easier to 
it's it's weird. It no someone should like examine this more. That it's like easier for us to attach to a new thing with like p- a purity of marketing to it, even though we don't know anything about it. Like erythritol. Oh, yeah, I don't even. Yeah, almost certainly go through this in the future, where it's either going to be not different in the way that it said that was, or it's someone will raise the alarm about it being maybe bad for you, and everyone will move on to some new thing that's like not that's like less studied. It's like. For whatever equal, sweet and low are, it's like we know exactly what they are, but people will still avoid them because they're like, no, that's bad. That's cancer, even though it's like not. Right. And they will eat this entirely new thing that we don't really know that much about. (laughs) So, you know, your entire life has been dedicated, your professional life anyway, has been dedicated to summoning the signal from the noise. If you were to my this is my final question to you is it's not even a question. I feel like it's more a statement at this point. (laughs) But um, yeah, totally. Um. If you were to distill everything that you've learned into like this like crystal nugget that you don't believe in, but I do, <laughs> um, what what would you say was like the best wisdom to follow pretty universally in terms of like if you want to be better about being healthy and feeling better? Oh, man. A crystal nugget. Um. I would say, like, sort of put your faith in your body's biology to, like, do, like, to to be a constructive thing in your life. Like, let it, like, your body, like, your body doesn't want to sit slumped in a chair moving from like your office to your couch to your bed it like wants to do things so embrace that embrace the potential of it let it do things for like 20 minutes a day it's like you have a like having a dog like let it run around feed it take care of it the way you would take care of like a thing that was outside of your body like take care of yourself you know drink your water eat eat enough food to let yourself do the the 20 minutes of playing let yourself sleep, like give yourself the gift of these basic things. That's beautiful. Also, it's like so fundamental, but like treating your body as you would something that was outside of your body is so fucking real. That really resonates with me. (laughs) I would, yeah, I would be too embarrassed to treat other things the way I treat my body. Right. Exactly. That's great. Well, thank you for coming. And also (laughs) when's when's your next column? Uh, let's see. What's today? It's Wednesday. It normally runs on Tuesday, but sometimes on Wednesday when I'm like, okay, don't have my life together. Let's go out together with this call, (laughs) this, um, pod in your column. Yes, totally. Okay, right on. And I brought you a present. I brought you, um, sex dust and moon and brain dust from moon juice. Oh, this is a nightmare. So you can investigate. Thank you so much. They taste like soil. Do they really? They do. I'm so curious what they taste like. They taste like soil. It says to mix it with coffee. Well, that's one of the options. Okay. We'll explore that. Okay. Thanks. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. I'm in love with my life.